Yes, you're listening to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And from us two metalheads to everyone who's listening, it doesn't matter if you celebrate it or not, but we wish your families, friends and all metalheads a very happy Diwali and festive season. Yes, it's not the Christmas festive season for those listening uh, from the US or the UK or wherever you are listening from. But hey, if you think about it, uh, this time in India, it's the season to do a lot of unnecessary shopping, to stuff your face without a care for a diet and to catch up with friends and family. Of course, this year, we're doing all of that with the shadow of the pandemic still over us. Peter, having a decent festive time? Uh, yeah, I mean... Zoom it is what it good, is. <laughs> yeah, Zoom has been a good replacement. <laughs> I guess. Now, I'll segue from that opening bit by saying that we are serving up a firecracker of an episode today. What with Diwali being associated with crackers and all. And though a lot of states in India are banning physical crackers, we've got you covered with a sonic boom. No, it's not a large light up the sky kind of a firecracker. That's what we call an anar here in Bombay. But it is what we call... A Rassi bomb. It's short but packs a lot of punch. We're doing a breakdown of the lead single from the Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons new album, We Are the Bastards. It's called Son of a Gun. And this chat is with the band's frontman, Neil Starr. So, let's fucking go. We'd like to welcome to Horns Up, the frontman for Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, Neil Starr. How's it going, Neil? Yeah, really good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, we're okay. As okay as can be. Alrighty, so Neil, today we're going to try and analyze the lead single from the band's second album, We Are The Bastards. It's called Son of a Gun. And before we break it down, here's the song in entirety. Cover up corruption, cover up the truth Make you think you have 
All right, sure. Neil. Let's do this. It's time for breakdown. All right. Son of a Gun is the lead single from your upcoming album and it starts off with a gnarly bass riff. Did you always expect the song to play the role of the lead single? No, honestly. Um, I guess when you're writing songs, you don't think about singles, or, or at least we don't. Um, I kind of, when I heard the riff for the first time, I kind of thought this might open the album, potentially, because it was a you know, a good pace to the song and plenty of energy. Um, so I thought that would potentially make a good, good album opening track. Um, but it didn't even make that in the end. So, um, but yeah, um, we, I, we weren't thinking at the time, you know, this, this will definitely be a single or this will be the first single. Um, I guess, you know, until you've written all of the songs for the album and, uh, and, you know, decided which songs the, once they recorded which ones will go on the album, I guess. At that point, you start thinking about which ones would make good singles, you know? Mm. Alrighty, let's continue. Ignorance is danger. Ignorance is good. Close your eyes and play pretend. None of this is true. Cover up corruption. Cover up the truth. Make you think you have control, but they're controlling you. Shoot to kill. All right, so in the previous verse here, you're talking about lies and truth, and so far my reaction is, hey, he's talking about the media, uh, which then leads me to ask the question, who is the son of a gun? Because to my uh, mind, it was the photographers who were shooting for the kill, pardon the pun. No, that's what I love about lyrics, is that you know you can listen to lyrics and you can totally mean something to you that's not necessarily what I was thinking or but you're not far from the truth honestly like when it's about media it's about politicians um, governments people who lead you know social media um, everything kind of rolled into one really you know because you know we again so the lyrics in some places kind of say what I mean quite literally which like make you think you have control but they're controlling you you know you're we're getting shown what what the news is we don't be it's hand it's handpicked to show us so we're told what we want you know we'll tell them what they want to see you know we won't uh, same with like adverts on your phone or this all this kind of stuff on on your on your phone you're you're shown what they want to show you and you know, i'm shown what they want to show me um it's not necessarily what the truth or the most important things that are going on are you know it's it's what we're led to believe and what we want to be shown. And I quite often think, well, they've shown us this, but what, what is the real truth? You know, what is the the actual stuff that I should be knowing about, which I'm never going to be told about um, by all these different sources and governments and all that stuff, you know? All right. Let's continue. It's down to you. It's time to 
Okay, and I'm nitpicking here, but I really wish the guitars were a bit just a hair louder in the mix because I thought okay. a lot of the war of the war and the antics that the guitars are doing and which are sitting on top of the rhythm, especially during the chorus part, they're getting a little bit lost. Of course, it's the chorus, but uh, yeah. But Do you think that's a fair assessment? Again, that's the beauty of music, you know. Like for me, I'm, <laughs> I, I obviously like like the mix because I gave it a thumbs up when uh, it came back. Um, but I I don't know if I listen to I think certain people listen to different instruments more in music than others. Like for me, being totally truthful as as a singer in the band, I'm probably listening to the vocal more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably not <laughs> that's thinking, true. I'm probably not thinking so much about the drums or the guitars or. Um, but it's a, it's a killer lick on the on the guitar. I love that lick. So yeah, you know, it is. I, I don't I don't think it would be a bad thing if it was turned up, you know, because it's it's a it's a cool piece. <laughs> Let's continue. You know, there's another verse and chorus, but this time it's pretty clear that the song's about, you know, media consumption or news consumption. What made you want to write this in the first place? I mean, was there any specific incident that kind of inspired this song? Uh, no, nah, it wasn't one one specific thing. It, I do get frustrated when, like, I, I don't watch the news so much, um, but when I do, I get frustrated. But, like, Obviously, like you see things on your phone, and um, I, I consume a lot of stuff on my phone. Like I know a lot of people around the world do. So it frustrates me when I read some stuff that, you know, even friends sometimes. You know, you, you think you know your friends really well, and then sometimes you'll they'll totally blow your mind with how naive that, that I think they're being in a certain situation over something. You know, and um, yeah, like. It wasn't one specific incident. It's, I mean, obviously, like I wrote these lyrics just just at the start of lockdown, probably um, mm-hmm. when all this when all this COVID nineteen stuff happened, and um, I don't know this whole situation the world in is blowing my mind anyway. So yeah, I, I'm not huge into my conspiracy theories, but you know, I I do think sometimes like what is the off the agenda, you know, what what am I not being told? What what am I missing here? Because it just all seems insane to me. But Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I mean you brought it up. I was just gonna say conspiracy theories, right? I mean there's so many going around uh about everything around the situation, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I say, I'm not I'm not huge into all that conspiracy theory stuff, but I do I do try and think, you know, not just in one direction. I do try and keep an open mind on everything. And um, 
I don't know, man. Like it just, it just seems to me like I say, there's got to be some, there's more to this than meets the eye, and that's not just for this COVID situation. I think there's always more to mm-hmm. everything than meets the eye. You know, I, I dread to think what actually goes on behind closed doors with the high up powers of the world. You know, what actually gets done and said, and you know, it, what they decide we're allowed to know and not not allowed to know and stuff is crazy mm. you mentioned that you uh that you wrote this at the beginning of the lockdown or around the time when the lockdown was being imposed for the first time um did that yeah, it, was, did... it was actually the first song i wrote um it was the first lyrics and melody i wrote for the album actually so yeah it oh, would have been at okay. the start it would have been at the very start probably um march i guess yeah march time so the question then becomes because of how heavy the the pandemic and the lockdown is um, on everyone's mind right now around the world how much did it weigh on you while writing this song did it did, did i think what i'm trying to ask is was this a reaction as such to what was happening around you of you trying to figure yeah. it out i think i'm not consciously in fact i was i was trying if anything, I was trying not to write about COVID in my mind. Because um, I, I, I was obviously aware that I had a lot of lyrics and and melodies to write all in one go. So I I did want to try and make an effort not to make it into a like a COVID mm-hmm. album, you know, concept album. But um, so if anything, I was trying not to. But I think subconsciously it's got to be in there because yeah. You know, I, I'm in I'm in the same situation as as everyone else. Where like I'm finding myself in this unfamiliar position, and um, it's bound it's bound to have an impact, you know. Yeah, yeah. But At the end of the day, I, it is a product of your circumstances. Well, it's I think to a degree it's got to be. I wasn't a conscious decision, yep. but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm writing about being frustrated by you know, the lack of um, information we're given sometimes and by, like, how people can't can't see the obvious truths in front of them sometimes. And, you know, I'm writing a song at the start of a pandemic, so I guess it's got to be linked in there somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's continue. You know, it's great to hear the bass front and center. Why did the song need this section? I mean, <laughs> of just the bass. I, don't, I, I don't like the music, but for, for me, listening to it for the first time, the song's quite intense and quite energetic. And I agree with you that I think it was. It felt like it could do with like just a, a moment to breathe, you know, before the solo would kick in. Because obviously it could have just gone into a blistering solo without any kind of break, but... I think the song benefits from from having that stopping, but it wasn't something I I chose personally to have. But um, you know, when I heard it, I didn't question it. I didn't think it wasn't the right thing to do. You know, I, when I heard it, I thought, yeah, that sounds that sounds like what the song should do to me too. So I was kind of in agreement with everybody else in the band with that. You know, um, and like it is nice to sometimes hear the bass because it's an instrument you don't always get the limelight for any kind of 
time, you know. It's, it's quite often a, an instrument that's kind of blended in with everything else and, you know, doesn't always stand out. So I think it's nice to have that moment where it's, the bass mm-hmm. is pumping, pumping through whilst the rest of the track is having a, a moment of breath before the solo comes in. I, I've always wondered what, what that noise is, though, um, just before the solo comes in, like that noise. Yeah, that? it's 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 a it's a pick scrape that's running across the entire strings from, I'm guessing the, uh, bridge pickup, onwards onto the strings. Because I wasn't, again, because of COVID, I wasn't there whilst the cars were recorded or any of it. Only we had to we had to record in isolation. So. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't. Unfortunately, that that was one of the biggest differences, I guess, recording this album compared to previous ones. Is you know we we weren't all in the same room at the same time, so I, I haven't seen how certain things were done, and you know it's it's a it's a strange strange way of doing it. But I guess you know I'm I'm just grateful we were able to still record at the end of the day because not everybody was as lucky as as we were to be able to still get into a studio and do it. But yeah. I've always, when I hear that noise, I'm like, it's got to be a guitar because we only ever do like, you know, guitars and drums really. There's no other yeah. instruments we really use. I mean, we have dabbled with a harmonica in different places sometimes, but yeah, it's like a, a strange sound, I thought. <laughs> but cool, I, I liked it. Awesome. Let's hear the guitar solo. <laughs> Wow. Now that's a solo that stretches out over 20 seconds. Uh, awesome. How long is the song? Like less than three minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I timed it. I timed it actually. And uh, a general, like in, in this song, a general verse chorus uh, will is around say 40 seconds and the solo is around 20 seconds. So it's almost like an entire verse on its own. But uh, the, the, the question really here uh, is... Um, what's uh, what's Phil's solo writing process like? Like, does he um does he just come in and plug in and belt it out, or uh does he prepare, uh, record, nitpick over the note choices and the note selections, etc., etc., and keep reworking it until he's happy with it? The times, the times I've seen it happen. It's incredible. So basically, I'm pretty sure he's just making it up on the spot. And there's never any, like, overdubbing. It's like, it's it's, it's one take. And then maybe you'll say, okay, I, I didn't like that. Let's try something new. And then but it, it'll be completely different. It won't have any, any elements of what he did in the previous one, you know. Um, and you're just sat there thinking, you must have rehearsed this for, like, days to be this good and tight at playing the solo but he's literally just like feeling feeling at the time it's incredible thing to see um i mean like i said i wasn't there for this particular um, mm-hmm. guitar solo process this time around but when i when i saw the stuff on the first album it blew my mind that you know how you could do one style of solo and then be like oh no i, I don't like that and then just play something completely different and it's they're both incredible and it's like well you know 
that he is a guitar master. So I take my hat off. <laughs> so do we. Let's continue. Leadership contentment, leadership reviews. Spread the fear, we must adhere. There's a need for proof. Let the public speak out, let the public choose. It doesn't matter where you turn, either way you lose. Shoot to kill, for the thrill. I'm more than a son of a gun. Take the pill. Wow, is it so bad that my favorite part of that last verse is that? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the song is just three minutes, but you know, sometimes less than straight up, yeah, less than three minutes. Sometimes straight up simplicity. I mean, it's just marvelous, right? Sometimes. I agree. For me, it's one of those songs that when it ends, I just want to play it again. You know, like I think it's one of the, it's, some songs have those kind of qualities where yeah you just want to put it on again straight away but yeah it, it's got that like up tempo kind of like you know energy that you just want to like get like short doses off a bit i guess hopefully the yeah. bbc like uh what i've noticed is whenever you hear this kind of a banger that's that's short and sweet generally the bbc tends to pick it up and use it as a, a montage <laughs> Use it in a montage somewhere, either on Top Gear or something else. I mean, that's that how. Yeah, that yeah. I'm I'm I'm. I think this one will lend itself to that. Well, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. That would <laughs> really be awesome. Alrighty, so that was breakdown, but uh, we aren't done just yet. We still have a couple of more questions about the song and the album. Um, here's a weird question, and you can choose not to answer it. Um, when a band named Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons release a song that begins with rumbling bass and packs a whole lot of punch in a really short time, I mean, there's bound to be someone in the room who brings up Motorhead. Was that a thought that crossed your heads while writing this song? When I when I hear some of the riffs, I think Motorhead. Definitely, but then when I think about it, it's, it's obvious because Phil used to write the riffs with Motorhead, so yeah, it's just it's just natural that like we're gonna have riffs that sound like Motorhead, you know, because the guy who wrote those riffs is the guy who's writing riffs with us now. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think I definitely hear something. Yeah, I mean, that, you, you could hear you could take certain riffs from this album from the last album, and they would sit on a a new Motorhead album really nicely. I sometimes think, I wonder what Lenny would have done on this. Son of a gun. gun. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not from the point of view of like, what would he have done? I want to do that. But more like, I just wonder how he would have cheered the riff and what he would have interpreted it as, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a lyric writer and melody like Jay, you know? So, um, that does cross my mind sometimes. But yeah, obviously I've never wanted to 
try and write in any way that he would. I, I just want to write the way I want to write, which of course, for me, yeah. luckily for me, Phil has always wanted me to do that. So, um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it gets me curious sometimes to think, well, yeah, if Phil had brought this riff into a multi-head rehearsal, like what would if what would the other members have done with it? It's, you know, <laughs> it's an interesting thought. Yeah, ifs and buts. Anyways. <laughs> Right. So, you know, we brought this up uh, earlier on, right? I mean, uh, about uh, Son of a Gun as a single. But while, you know, after the recording process was all done, was there any other song that was considered, you know, or in the reckoning to be the first single for the album? And which one was it? The opening track of the album, which is also the title track of the album. Um, and I think the reason we didn't release it first is mainly because it has swearing in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously, like, you know, we know that most radio stations aren't going to be able to play that. So True. we, we kind of thought, well, you know, the first single back, we're going to want radio to play it. So, um, yeah. And there was no way, it was, I don't know if you've heard the, the chorus, because we have put a little snippet of it out, because the next video, we're having fans submit clips of themselves, like, doing stu- stupid shit and just singing along and stuff. So we released like a 10 second snippet of the chorus and there's no way we could have canceled out any of the swearing basically. So it, it's never going to get on radio. It is what it is, but you know, it's a bit of a, hopefully a bit of a, a fan anthem kind of song, you know, and um, we would have loved yeah. to have released that one first from, from that yeah, point of view. Because we are very much a band that tries to stay close to our fans because, you know, a lot of those fans who come to see us, they've discovered us obviously through Motorhead. You know, a lot of them, that's, that's all the obvious truth. So, and Motorhead and their fans always had a really close bond, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we feel that same kind of bond with those people. And, um, yeah, that's why we tried to include them in this next video because, again, you know, during this lockdown, we can't do things in the normal way. So we're trying to think of slightly different ways of doing things. And that song, that we released it next lends itself really well to that brotherhood and camaraderie between us and the fans and all that stuff. So, but yeah, that was kind of the song that we thought would be good to release first. But um, yeah, basically because of the swearing, we decided that it wouldn't be the best move. Yeah, I think it'll it'll, it'll go down live uh, quite well once we'll finally play again. You know, in oh, front I of the audience. think so. Oh well, yeah. It's, guaranteed i think yeah right but so you know there's you're... a few songs on the album though that um could have been this for you know if, if you think of that's when it's an energetic punchy track as the first song there's, there's a couple more on the album that could have easily been that song you know um mm-hmm. right but you know i i guess for whatever reason we uh we felt this son of a gun was was the best one to go with Okay. I'm, frantic, I'm frantically trying to think of some of the other songs I would like to uh, to tell you which other ones, but I can't. I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, that you know where the bastards was recorded during the lockdown. I mean, considering you all, I'm assuming recorded all in person, uh, and I'm guessing live a bit also in the first album. What was this experience like? I mean. Did you enjoy it? 
and if you can really say was it more productive or efficient than the normal recording sessions i i definitely enjoyed it but it was definitely a different feeling you know um i think like part of the energy and and aggression that i personally was feeling whilst recording my parts was helped by the fact that you know i wasn't able to do anything else at the time so i guess that I really had a lot of energy and a lot of focus ready to go for laying down my parts, you know, because there was literally nothing else happening. Couldn't do anything else. We were only allowed to record because it's classes work. So we could travel for work in, in the UK. So, um, yeah, I, it, was, it was a different kind of energy, I think, because there was only me and Todd, the producer, guitarist, who also produced it in the studio at the same time so the dynamics are different you know um i guess when you when you've got everybody in the room listening to you record then you tend to get a bit more feedback obviously from people sharing ideas and things as, as you're recording but you know I, I kind of it was just me and todd so and obviously he's producing it so he had plenty of ideas anyway but yeah it was kind of like fairly efficient process because it's just the two of us and we, we, you know there was nothing else to do it was like i'm here to record and if i'm not recording then there's nothing else i'm going to do you know there's no guitar i'm not going to sit around while somebody tracks some guitars for a few hours you know i'm just gonna go in do it and go out again you know and um it didn't take too long i think we were doing probably around three tracks a day i think so i probably was only in there a week oh wow and I say a day, I mean, they were in long days. They were like probably four or five hour sessions. Okay. All right. So j just to shift uh, gears a bit, what are your plans, uh, you know, for promotion of the album? I mean, uh, normally a tour or live gigs are kind of ruled out. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of like live stream uh, gigs happening. Do you have anything on those lines planned? We've definitely been talking about a live stream. Nothing I, that I can sort of give you any information on, unfortunately, as in not that I'm holding information back, but there's no date or anything, you know, or confirmed plans for it. But I think the longer the, this continues, the more likely it is that we will do something like that, you know? Um, I mean, we've cancelled all our plans, live plans until at least April. Everything we had at, up until April has moved. Um, I guess the plan is just to do as much as we can on social media and, and spread the word that way. You know, there's not really much more we can do. Like, like I say, if if we can make a live stream happen, then I think we will um, at some point. But that, I guess, will probably be more closer to the time of the album release or maybe the, the week of release or something, we might try and sort something out for then, you know. Okay, and this kind of ties in uh, to the question also, is that what's your ambition or hope for this record once it's released? My main ambition, really, is, it's going to sound weird now, but like, I've been in bands before and always, you know, you you give a million percent to it and you're so emotionally invested that, it can become difficult when you try and set too many 
or give yourself too many pressures. Does that make sense? With this band, I've always kind of tried to just enjoy it and not even worry about any aspect of it. I don't know if that sounds like a cop-out to your question or not, but I don't genuinely have any expectations. I have a hope that the people who like the first album will like this one as well. And I really think there's a good chance that'll, that that's going to happen because I think the album's really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, my main goal right now is just to get back to a place where we were before with, with live music so we can play shows because for me, that's my favourite part of being in the band, you know, is actually playing live gigs. Um, but yeah, no, no, no genuine ambitions personally set for it for myself other than, you know, that it'll be enjoyed by as many people as possible, really. Um, and that, you know, we can keep people on board and keep people sane enough until the time when we can meet each other again and do some gigs. Mm, that's noble. Yeah. No, and I hope so because, I mean, you know, music like this uh, needs to be kind of enjoyed uh, live, right? I mean, there's a complete different dynamic or experience really listening to it uh, in front, with the band right in front of you and loud. So, yeah. yeah. From our point of view, it's written to be played live. You know, we're not, we're not going into the studio to write a studio album, if that makes sense. We, mm-hmm. we're, we're going in to, to record it in a way that we can translate it live, you know. We want to be able to play the songs live first and foremost. So, um, yeah, that's definitely the number one aim, is to, uh, to perform it live. On that note, Neil, thank you so much for taking some time out and chatting with us and making this happen. I know. Yeah, thank I you really so enjoyed much. it. It's been a different experience for me. So I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Live music. Ooh, boy. What are your thoughts, Peter? Like, at this moment, the middle of November, the lockdown has eased up in Bombay. People are moving about. And we're seeing the first signs of the live music scene coming back as well. Are you ready to go for a gig? No. Short answer. (laughs) (laughs) What if it's Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons? That's that's a toughie, right? I mean, like, uh, (laughs) I was looking at at least one of our venues here in uh, Bombay. Anti-Social put out a lineup for the next couple of weeks. And uh, at the end of the month, uh, the Bombay boys, Zignema, performing. I don't know. It'll be the same, man. Like, first of all, they say that, you know, it's going to be social distancing and all. And I've been, like, I've probably seen Zignema countless times over the last 12 odd years. And those it's gigs not... cannot be fucking socially distanced. Yeah, like, I'm just thinking, I mean, the frontman is a good friend, Jimmy, right? I mean, he just waits for that moment where he can, like, get everyone into a wall of death or mosh pit. And now what's he going to say when he's on stage? I mean... Uh, everyone's is going to be like awkwardly standing with their arms crossed looking at each other and I don't know man I mean would you be comfortable playing a gig with social distancing I have to throw this to you Hmm, interesting question I haven't really thought about it frankly Uh, playing a gig with social distancing I mean hey if let me put it this way Uh, if the price is right (laughs) 
why not but okay so that's 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 one end of the equation of course but uh, i don't know i think i i definitely think that you know we'll um i mean for the right peddlers or for solar dt where so much of our act is is like you know to do with interacting with the crowds etc yeah. too uh and to let them you know let their hair down and have fun it will it will be tough and i'm fully expecting a lot of sarcasm a lot of snide remarks at you know please mosh carefully and whatever you're not allowed to whatever you know those kind of remarks etc yeah. but uh, i don't know man the the joy of hearing live amplifiers hum maybe that'll be enough uh, after so many months almost like what it's 9 months now um after that maybe that is enough for people at the moment for if you really want to you know step back out um sure of course and i mean i i understand uh, that you know there are some people who really want to need it and all uh, for me personally at this time and space i'm not comfortable i mean like yeah neither am i yeah neither am i and i'll fully uh, attest with you like no matter yeah it'll 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 become an actual like you know like if we are approached or uh, even if i just want to go out and attend a gig it's going to be a lot of thought because it's a decision which i'm still struggling with yeah, this pandemic isn't over and it's not going to be for quite some time so yeah if this is the way we all are supposed to be living with it it's time to bring back that phrase right the new normal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is going to be the new normal yeah for live music here in india what do you guys think would you go out for a gig today come on yeah chat with us we are at honsupport.com on the interwebs or you can use the twitter machine it's at honsupport i am at asmani and i'm at trend crusher this is honsup honsup guys